her back along that path of softest pine and gentle sand. His eyes held hers, drinking in the sight of her so desperately. And she, in turn, could not take her gaze from him, her cavalier. Pierre, handsome, magnificent, tender Pierre, with his fine eyes and clear-cut features and beautiful golden hair. Pierre, scarred and hard and wounded and sometimes bitter, but ever gentle to her, his bride. They reached the house. Mary mumbled something in welcome, and Pierre gave her a dazzling smile. He paused to give her a hug, to ask after his infant son, who was asleep in Mary's old gnarled arms. Tears came to Mary's eyes, but she winked back as Pierre winked at her and asked if they might have dinner a wee bit late that night. Eugenia was still in his arms as he kicked open the screen door with his foot. He knew the house by heart, for it was his house. He had built it. He did not need to look for the stairs. He walked to them easily, his eyes, with all their adoration, still boring into those of his wife. He climbed the stairs and took her to their room, and although they were the only ones on the barren peninsula, he locked the door. And then he made love to her. Desperately, Eugenia thought. So hungry, so hard, so fevered. She could not hold him tightly enough. She could not give enough. She could not sate him. He was a soldier, she reminded herself. A soldier, long gone from home, barely back from battle. But he touched her again and again and he kissed her with a fascinated hunger, as if he had never known the taste of her lips before. He entwined his limbs with hers and held her, as if he could not bear to part. My love, my love, she whispered to him. She adored him in turn, sensed his needs, and she gave in to them, all. Stars lit the heavens again and again for her, and when he whispered apologies, Thinking himself too rough, she hushed him and whispered in turn that he was the only lover she could ever want. Dinner was very late. Pierre dandled his son on his knee while Mary served, and Mary and Eugenia did their best to speak lightly, to laugh, to entertain their soldier home from the war. Dinner was wonderful. Broiled grouper in Mary's old Louisiana Creole sauce. But Pierre had noted that fish was the diet because the domestic fowl were gone and when Mary took their little boy up to bed, Eugenia was forced to admit that, yes, the Yankees had come again, and they had taken the chickens and the pigs and even old Gretchen, the mule. Pierre swore in fury, and then he stared at Eugenia with panic and accusation. She went to him, swearing that the Yanks had been gentlemen plunderers, none had shown her anything but respect. She hesitated. They'll not come here again, even as they waltz in and out of Jacksonville. They won't come because- Because of your father, Pierre supplied bitterly, referring to Eugenia's father, General George Drew of Baltimore. His home was being spared by the Yanks because his wife was one. Damn it, Pierre said simply. He sank back into his chair. With a cry of distress, Eugenia came to him, knelt at his feet, and gripped his hands. I love you, Pierre, I love you so much. You should go back to him. I will never leave you. 
He lifted her onto his lap and cradled her there, holding her tight against the pulse of his heart. I have to leave, he said softly. The old man, General Lee, is determined to make a thrust northward. I have to be back in Richmond in 48 hours. Pierre, no, you just- I have to go back. You sound so- strange, Pierre. She tightened her arms around him. I'm frightened, my genie, and I can't even describe why, he told her. Not frightened of battle anymore, for I've been there too many times. I'm frightened for the future. We shall win, he smiled, for his northern-born bell had one loyalty, to his cause, whatever it should be. An ocean breeze swept by him, drawing goose pimples to his flesh, and he knew.